when you hear people back home getting like an LV bag, they'll be like, I got this $5,000 LV bag for like two, $300. Well, I can get it for like $20, like here, you know? So like, that's what like fascinated me. But what I realized over time is it's mostly the interaction. Yeah, but that's why I like them. So I think it's the interaction first and then like the product second. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Voices podcast, creator podcast. Um, I am here with someone who I'm very excited to talk to. You'll have seen him arguing in markets trying to buy fake goods. So that's pretty amazing. Um, Colin, a broadcast, you've got like 1.1 million subscribers, live in China and you do a lot of market sprees. Yeah, so I just kind of travel all over mostly asia because that's where i'm based um but i've been that's why i'm here now is to kind of like expand going into europe markets and eventually you know well i've done america but i want to do like south america all that stuff too so yeah mostly asia markets just go and bargain with people and it's pretty fun pretty weird way to make a living but it's great yeah you know <laughs> it's it's so funny because like people be like what do you do and it's like like I, I try to put it in like basic terms. It's like I literally, I just shop. I pay, I get paid to shop. <laughs> like if you would have told me as a kid, if I was, I would get paid to shop. Like that just sounds like ridiculous. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's mad. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. On top of giving you great content, Colin is going to give you the gift of a spray painted camera. I think we're going to insert some footage <laughs> of you spray painting like your mama taught you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he'll sign it at the end. And give it away to someone who says something interesting that you didn't know about Colin that he says, hopefully. Comment that below and we will choose a lucky winner to give the camera to. Nice. Yeah, it's a cool camera. It's a cool idea too. So. It's an old Kodak. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. You've been on YouTube for about five years. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I started actually in 2012, but I didn't actually start filming consist- or uploading consistently until 2015. So, yeah, about five years. So what got you started? Uh, I just wanted to... I've always just wanted to like do YouTube, but I started with like just doing phone reviews and whatnot just to do something, but like that wasn't like my passion. So I was like, well, what could I do to where I would actually enjoy, you know, what can my passion be? So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go travel. And then that's when I moved to China to teach English while also working on, you know, filming, editing, all that, creating a YouTube channel. You're growing up in Milwaukee. Did you always know you wanted to move out no. of the States? No, that didn't even come until like, I remember distinctly when I was 22 years old, I was just like, it was just some random thing. Like we were drinking, watching a movie with my friends and stuff. And I was like, you know what? Like I would like to just go to like from country to country. My initial thought was go country to country, work some random job in that country for a year and just move and just keep moving and keep moving. Um, I don't know where that came from. Maybe it stemmed from the fact that I've always moved throughout my childhood. You know, going to new schools, making new friends every time you go. Like, so uh, I think that kind of like just went with me through into adulthood, pretty much. What was your life like? What What did you like studied? What were you working on? Yeah, I went to school for firefighting. So I was really yeah yeah. So I was uh, typical I was, uh, hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I've never like it, it's mostly EMS calls. Yeah. I've never actually been in like a house fire. So it was just mostly ambulance and whatnot. But um, yeah, I was studying that and just working odd jobs to get by. And I was on like a volunteer fire department. And then it just got to the point where I was like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, this is not what I want. Like, I enjoyed being on the department and everything. But like, there's no room for creativeness and being a creative mind, obviously. 
it got to the point where I was like, what can I do? You know, I, I just didn't feel right, pretty much. Yeah, because that's interesting. There's a lot, especially in like US culture, about building the American dream and building yeah. stability and like getting a nice ha- white picket fence right, right, right. and stuff. Um, and being a firefighter is like quite a revered yeah. like job. Yeah. So why do you reckon that you like wanted more and like shake stuff up? Um, it was just like the American dream never sounded appealing to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like go buy a house, like take this one path that you're supposed to take to this American dream. That just never like appealed to me, you know, like I was like, why do I have to stay here and just live here? I want like, I wanted to just go explore, you know? So, um, I, I think, I think the reason I, <laughs> I didn't do this sooner in life is because I had bills, you know, like a car payment that was holding me back. Like, seriously, that was like what was holding me back. It was like this car payment. It's like it's it's, it's irrational because I could have just Stop gotten rid car. of the car. But that's a huge step, you know, especially living in America where you need a car to get from place to place. You know, there's public transportation is not like here in the UK, you know. So do your friends think you're crazy? I think at first I think at first when I told everybody like my idea, nobody believed me. They're just like, oh, yeah talking crap right so was your idea from the beginning i want to go to china and teach english was it like i want to travel around was it i want to youtube what was the big idea that they thought was just mad uh just moving to china in general um so like it it transpired from me going from like job to job you know from country to country to like and then i kind of didn't really think about it for a while and then like i came across this vice article right it was like you can teach if you're white this is what the title was if you're white you can teach english in china with no skills or qualifications and get paid pretty well. So I looked at it, I was like, okay. It, it makes sense because like what you do in China as a foreigner teaching, uh, your only job is to speak how you speak back home because they have Chinese teachers that teach you like grammar and stuff. Like I couldn't teach grammar, like the rules and everything, you know. I just know what I know because I that's my native language, right? So it's mostly just oral English you know like how we speak in America or how you speak in the UK that's what's very in demand yeah yeah for them so that's so okay so you read this article you were sat at home you're like having beers you're like I want to I want to move yeah so what's the next step did you like sell the car book did you make the car payment book a flight like what was the... yeah so it, so like I'm the type to not like make any like quick decisions so it it kind of festered throughout the whole year like it the, the idea got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until I finally did like seek out a job and everything. And then, yeah, so it took me from that article to actually going probably like a year and a half. That's quite a long time. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, that's a huge like life huge. step, right? Yeah. And did you move knowing you didn't really want to come back or do you want to go back? Like- um, yeah, I, I think I was, maybe I was like lying to myself or like, yeah, I'll be back in like a little bit. But I think I knew deep down inside, like, once I'm out, I'm going to keep going. You know what I'm saying? So Okay, so whereabouts in China did you move to Beijing? I moved to a smaller town before that called Wuhu for four months, then Hefei, then Beijing. In Beijing is when I started going full-time on YouTube. Yeah, because I was going to say, how did the YouTube, how did YouTube start with that? Because you went with a very structured plan of teaching English. And did, yeah. did you know you were going to start YouTube while you were out there? Yeah, so like that was, yeah, that was like one of the big motivators of going because, like I said, I wanted to do filming I wanted to do YouTube I wanted to do it all you know and um so my early videos in China 
And this is where I, in my mind, I think I actually started my YouTube channel because this is where I actually started uploading consistently, had a theme to what I was doing. So basically I was just like filming my daily life. Like I'd be going, like I brought my camera into class teaching English. Yeah, um, so similar. Just random stuff, you know, like regular travel vlog kind of stuff. You'd climb some mountains or whatever. But then like I did a couple of the fake market videos because <laughs> when I... When I first found out about the fake markets, I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. I was like, I want to go see this, you know? I thought it'd be down, like, some, like, shady little back alley, right? But it was just, like, in this huge mall out in the open. The cops could just walk in. But the thing is, it's like, in China, there's really not much of an intellectual property law. So it's kind of a really, really big gray area. You know what I'm saying? And they don't really do anything unless there's a lot of international pressure, you know. So when you first decided to do this fake markets video, did it do really well immediately? Uh, no, my first one, I would say it did the best at the time for my channel. And then I continued doing other stuff. And then like I got the opportunity to do a couple more of these like a year later. Uh, those did really well for my channel at the time. Continued doing other stuff. Then what really happened is when I was going to visit home, right before visiting home, I filmed two videos in Shanghai. Then I went home, edited them, and within like a month, my channel went from like 5,000 to like 50,000 based on those two videos. And that's when, I, that's when I was thinking, I was like, all right, what's my next step? I can either continue just doing lifestyle stuff, I guess you can call it, or continue doing the market videos and growing my channel and that's just what I chose you know the rest is history yeah pretty much I think the essence of the market videos I think it's partly because people there's been this like huge hype beast streetwear yeah. obsession that's developed but also it's watching you haggle in such like in a way that people often don't have access to so it's useful but also just really entertaining yeah. how did you like hone that format how did you decide what worked it's, I think it started with, like, the hype beast kind of brand stuff, like, because I was, like, shocked, like I said, like, you can get Louis Vuitton, you know, fake Louis Vuitton for, like, super cheap, right? Because the thing is, when you see, when you hear people back home getting, like, an LV bag, they'll be like, I got this $5,000 LV bag for, like, two $300. Well, I can get it for, like, $20, like, here, you know? So, like, that's what, like, fascinated me. But I think over time, what I started to realize, because I, th I thought it was all just like the products, you know, everybody just like watching the products. But what I realized over time is it's mostly the interaction. Yeah, like, that's why I like them. So like what I realized is like, in my mind at least, I think it's the interaction first and then like the product second. Yeah, because I think the product always changes, but the interaction's a thing that like remains constant. Right. So like products, will always be like some new Balenciaga mm -hmm. shoe that people want. But, and they're like, oh yeah, the quality is like whatever it is. But it's watching you assert yourself in some ways and then like the shock when you're like um oh do we use wechat like, yeah. like oh, what you like yeah. they're like you're local and yeah. they start treating you in a different way and i love watching that like transformation where you go from being yeah. like in china like 99 percent of the population are han chinese right so not a lot of foreigners at all live in china i mean if we play the numbers game there's over a billion people in China. So there's a lot of foreigners, but like comparatively, there's not. So when you go to these markets, every seller thinks you're a tourist, right? And so I don't lead them on, or I lead them on that I'm a tourist, and then I'll hit them with the, oh yeah, I live here, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and the price massively drops in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what are your most like memorable market moments? It's gotta be the Beijing one, just because that one blew up. Like, 
that lady who yelled at me right at the beginning. Yeah, like, and the, and the thing is, like, because I know, like, the bargaining is all a game. Like, nobody really gets mad or anything like that. Like, they may seem mad, but it's part of the game, right? And, like, I join in on it, too. I'll be like, oh, really, like, sound offended and whatnot. Because if you watch the bargains, at the end of every bargain, it's like, ha-ha, we're all friendly with each other, right? Because you all do something where you get get enough money out of it to justify being happy right like it is an exchange that everyone agrees is vaguely fair at the end when that lady was yelling at me I kind of maybe for a second like forgot about it was a game and I like I was like dude this girl's like I started getting heated like I was like this girl's just yelling at me for no like you know what I'm saying like you don't have to be this mad but like uh then after that I kind of cooled down a little bit and I'm like oh yeah where it's just a game <laughs> it's all a performance <laughs> yeah it, it really is yeah that's really cool and then so the moment that okay that 27 million view video mm-hmm. like how how did you feel like when that happened oh my god so like yeah it was just crazy because here, here's a funny thing is on, in China, they have their own, you know, they have their own social medias. They have their own Facebook, Tinder, or Twitter, uh, and Tinder, actually, for that fact. Um, but in China, on Twitter, it got 25 million views in three days alone. So, like, I had, like, like Chinese news agencies, like, based in China reaching out to me. And the funny thing is, is their questions, I thought they were going to be questioning about, like, bargaining and whatnot. Their questions were about how good was this girl's English? Like... Because that's, like, a huge thing in China is, like, you know, learning English and everything. And, like, they didn't even question me about the video or, like, the bargaining. They were just like, do you think that lady's English was good, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but that's all you want to know kind of thing. like, celebrity English teacher by doing fake market sprees. Like, what? That's mad. It was just just really, like, bizarre, I guess you could say. And do you get recognized all the time in China now? Uh, it depends if I go to the markets absolutely actually I have friends who have went to the markets and they were mistaken for me and they don't look anything like me in my opinion but like um yeah uh, I don't get recognized in China but like when I go to like Southeast Asia or all these other markets I'll have maybe a person here or there because they'll see me with a camera on the big I might know this guy. Oh, that's that guy, right? So then, yeah, I get mostly recognized in the markets. So when did you go full-time? Uh, March of 2018. That's when I released that Beijing video. How is it being a full-time YouTuber in China where you're not even, you don't even have YouTube, technically, unless right. you have a VPN? Like, how is being, how is, like, the influencer ecosystem just different? Um, yeah, it's different. Well, the thing is, like, since I went full-time in March of 2018, uh, I up and left China, so I just traveled from country to country. So now you're like living the traditional travel influencer dream in some ways, like yeah, travel yeah. creator. Yeah, it's nice to just be able to go whenever and wherever you want. So, I mean, but there's still like, I still have a job to do, so, you know. Do you ever miss teaching English? Like teaching English was fun, but I mean, it's not, it wasn't ever my dream. So in a way I do miss teaching English, but it was just a job me to be able to move somewhere else and travel which i suggest if anybody wants to move abroad and travel teaching english is an excellent way to do so yeah i feel like especially americans like go and see the world like get out because so few people do especially in america i feel like nobody really travels i can't say nobody really travels but i feel like there's like a stereotype where americans don't travel 
Yeah, like 20, only 20% of Americans have passports. Yeah, 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 that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, and it's... Do you feel like one of your kind of aims is to, like, inspire, like, people who yeah. are in your situation to get out more? Yeah, that... Well, that was... Yeah, that was kind of, like, the original goal of, you know, moving abroad. Like, I remember... Because I went with a friend at the time, and we had this channel idea where, it was, you know, just to inspire people to go, right? And, uh, yeah, so, like, the channel was focused on, like, oh, you can do this, you can do that. But I feel like... Now, I don't have to, like, vocalize that. I feel like people just get inspired just by seeing it, right? Yeah. Well, I think as well on YouTube, you can come across as a bit preachy. If you try and be one of those travel creators that's like, live the dream. That's something I don't like watching. Yeah, everyone's like, (laughs) leave me alone. Like, (laughs) I I know I can. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And this is where, like, I think maybe the markets gives you, like, a niche Mm -hmm. to, like, hook being relatable onto because yeah. like essentially a lot of your haggling experience in the time in the markets is about being like trying to survive in a place and being like other mm-hmm. so i think when you're everyone relates to that oh yeah definitely that's yeah that's a huge thing is like i always think like because it's weird because like every new place i go to i i am always in that situation when i first go to a market because i don't know how this other culture bargains so i'm like now i'm the new guy like uh, trying to like skirt around like how much for this and they'll be like blah 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 and i'll be like i still get that mindset of like oh i don't want to offend them but after the first like couple bargains it's like all right it's game on they're like ready to go (laughs) but but i totally understand like the whole western mentality of not wanting to offend people you know what i'm saying yeah 100 percent. yeah so that's where i think uh I think that's where I help people because I get people, I got this blah, blah, blah. I got this purse for 90% off or whatever. Like, and, that, and that's like a good feeling for me. Like I actually, although that wasn't ultimately my goal, I actually did help somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. And do you, um, do you ever worry you're going to run out of markets? Like, do you ever worry the channel's too niche? I, I thought about this. I'm like, because I figured like the markets were so new to me. I, I was like, oh, maybe only China has these markets. But Every new place I go to, I get a new comment. You need to go to Egypt. You need to go to Morocco. You need to go to Greece. And like those, this market, this market, like even in America, I didn't know America had any markets, but I did a video in LA and I did a video in New York on Canal Street. And like before leaving and doing this, these videos, I would have never knew that. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like there's, there's, I, it's just worldwide. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, um, you could, it's, it's like the aim to barter in every country. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, actually, I started, I piloted this new series. Uh, I did it two videos ago, bargaining for absolutely everything in India for 24 hours. Because in India, you literally bargain for everything. So as soon as I got off the airport or off the airplane, a guy, a taxi guy, a tout came up to me. He's like, oh, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Because that's what they do. And so I'll, as soon as that happens, that's when the bargaining started for 24 hours. Bargain with him. He took me to a hotel. See, I had no plans. I had no preparation for the hotel or anything. I just went to this guy, bargained for the taxi. He took me to a hotel. I bargained with the hotel. And, like, I bargained, like, absolutely everything. I, I couldn't eat because I wasn't able to bargain food. So I went without food for 24 hours. Couldn't you bargain food day. down? Uh, yeah, that's... I tried, but it's kind of like, I feel like that's one thing. It's where it's like kind of disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Um, but like, I was like, if I need to, I'll just go without food, whatever. 
But the thing is, like, even in my hotel, I was kind of relying on the hotel, like, snacks and stuff and water. But they even wanted to charge me for water. And I'm like, all right, I can't bargain for this now. So I went without food and water for the whole day and just did the whole video. But it did well, and I think that's something I can continue to do. So it's kind of like a spin-off series. So. Oh, yeah, 100% yeah. agree. I think, like, as well, it puts people really out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Okay, so does bargaining, does haggling still feel awkward for you? Like, well, no, but when I go to a new place, yes. For the first, like, bargain or two. It's just not being rude. Yeah. Just like, okay. Yeah. So top three tips for bargaining, because I think, like, this is something that people love. Do you have three top tips for, like, yes. getting things cheaper? Top tip is don't be afraid to offend. I think, like I said, I think that's the biggest thing when people bargain, especially coming from the West. It's always, like, I don't want to offend them. Don't be afraid to offend, tip number one. Tip number two um, use walking away to your advantage. Uh, this is something I don't use. I mean, this is something I use, but I should use it more frequently in my videos. I think I just kind of get sucked into this whole like interaction, filming it and everything that I kind of forget to walk away. So don't offend, don't be afraid to offend, walk away. Cause they'll be calling you right back. And, uh, three would be something for like non markets for like a life situation. Like, what do you mean? So, like, do you, do you find that being polite sometimes works? Depends on yeah, oh, oh, yeah. That should be the third tip. Um, smile. Have fun with it. Don't get mad ever. Like, if they, even if they're getting mad, just understand that it's a game for them and it should be for you. So they're using, oh, oh, no, oh, go away, you know, like that. That's all a game. So don't get offended at that. Don't get angry at that. Just smile and put on some charm, I guess. You're pretty chill, but you're, you're also at the same time a bit sparky, which is quite different. I appreciate that, yeah. So what is the aim for the channel? Like now, where do you want to go with it? My answer to that is like, like, yeah, everybody wants to hit that million. You know, I hit the million. But like my biggest thing is just like longevity. Like I want to just keep improving, you know, everything about, because I do everything myself, 100%, filming, editing, travel, planning, whatever. And for me, whether I, whether I need to hire someone later on, I don't know. But for me, it's just like improving all my skills and most importantly, like the storytelling of these videos. Because it, it might not look like it, but there's still a storytelling aspect to uh, creating these market videos, right? So for me, it's just keep improving to keep doing because I want to do YouTube long term, you know. Um, I enjoy it. I love it. So You seem super happy. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and what is like one thing from the channel that you want people to take away if there's one thing you want to give your viewers one thing you want your presence on youtube to do for the world in a weird way huh subscribe maybe no i'm just kidding like comment subscribe guys <laughs> oh this is a good one uh traveling is a lot easier than you think it is especially in today's age uh we have apps for everything you know you can go to thailand right now buy a sim card at the airport and use airbnb well they have some called grab instead of uber same thing though um, I think the biggest thing that keeps people from traveling is just that, you know, that initial like fear of like, okay, if I, I'm going to get on the airport or I get on the airplane at my house or sorry, I'm going to get on the airplane in my hometown, but what's going to happen when I land? I think that's the biggest like fear right there. But it's like, as soon as you land every airport, you just buy a SIM card, you have all your apps, you know, most people speak English to some extent, you know what I'm saying? Especially in like Southeast Asia, like. Go to the Philippines, that's a native language. Bangkok, Thailand, everybody speaks English. Um, so I guess in today's age, don't be afraid to travel if you really want to travel. So 
The world's much smaller than you think. It really is, especially with technology. Like, I, I can't stress this enough. Like, even, even if you want to, just download, get Google Translate, and download the offline language pack to wherever you're going. So even if you don't have a SIM card, you can still translate to taxi drivers. That's how I survived China for two years. I barely learned any Chinese. I survived basically on Google Translate, pretty much. I probably shouldn't admit that, but... It's like, <laughs> but you talk really good English. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to switch to quick-fire questions. Favourite YouTube channel that isn't yours? <sighs> oh, my God. This sucks, because every time somebody asks me this, there's always a channel that I'm forgetting. Kochi's fave. I'm going to go with a channel called Let Me Know. A brand that you actually like? Adidas. Your favorite cuisine? Uh, tacos. Favorite drink? Gin and tonic right now. That changes though. Phone or text? Text. The worst fad ever on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. Your favorite advertising campaign, like one growing up that you loved? That's a tough one. Gushers? If you could make any video, what would it be? Money's not an object? Okay, so NASA invents some crazy shit. Travel me to another galaxy. And barter with aliens. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can barter with aliens, yes. If you could be any animal, what would you be? I was going to say a cat. <laughs> no, 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 quick, quick, quick. Uh, that's not my favorite animal. <laughs> that's not what I... <laughs> but when I, was, when I was a kid, I wanted to grow up and be a cat when I was like a little kid. And you know Mr. Rogers? Yeah. I remember one day he shattered my dreams. He point blankly said... You cannot grow up to be a cat. My dreams were shattered. This question, like, doesn't quite make sense for you. Next holiday destination? I'll just say Amsterdam. So next video you're going to make? Camden. Your dream brand deal? Green Bay Packers. Your favorite social network? YouTube. Least liked social network? I would say probably Facebook, just because I mindlessly scroll through my news feed. The last time you cried? I don't remember. <laughs> when I lost a bargain for a pair of Yeezys. Really? Yeah, really. That's the stuff you cry about. Yeah. You you move thousands of miles away from home and the thing that makes you move literally halfway across the world and the thing that makes you cry is shoes. Yes. Deep. Everyone, this is cold. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much. That was, uh, I learned a hell of a lot, actually. And you're the first American we've ever, have, ever had on the podcast. Yes. Represent yeah, USA. Represent. Um, but thank you so, so much. Please remember to comment anything that Colin said that was insightful or just interesting underneath. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Had a lot of fun. I appreciate it. This is really fun. Cheers. Really chill, too. Super chill. Yeah. Chill but hyped. Bye. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.